0: Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the case of the youthful indiscretions. Evan brings the case. He alleges that his younger brother Michael often stole from him as a young child. Michael would then bring these stolen items to his preschool and they would never be seen again. He demands, if not restitution, then at the very least an apology. Michael alleges that as an adult, he's not responsible for lapses in judgment when he was preschool aged.
1: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Good morning. Uh, You may be seated. Boy, oh boy, brother against brother. I don't like to see this. (sighs) Jesse, will you swear them in, please? I will. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth,
0: the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. Yes. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that it may be rash, ill-considered, and almost certainly won't be informed by any knowledge of actual law? Yes, I do. You may be seated. Judge Hodgman?
1: Welcome to another fun-filled episode of The Sibling Ref. Hello, boys. (laughs) Uh, Okay, the complainant is Evan, the older brother. I am the older brother. Go Go on, explain your case.
2: Sure. Um, When Michael was younger, about three years old, he would go into my room when I wasn't around, uh, go through various collections that I had, such as coin collections, card collections, etc., and uh, take items. He would then either lose them or give them away to uh, friends.
1: I see. Uh, Would you ever get any of these back?
2: A few of them were eventually recovered. Certain items were never recovered. One such item was the prize of my uh, X-Men card collection, my uh, Gambit Holofoil card.
1: And you have entered some evidence into the record, is that right?
2: Yes, I did send a uh, image of said card. Not my card, of course, but a. Um, well, we don't know. It could
1: it card. could very well be you never recovered it. Maybe this is the very one.
2: That is true. It, it could be.
1: Do I have your permission to enter this piece of evidence into the internet record for the uh, listeners at home to look at? Absolutely. Okay, and I'm bringing it up here. And uh, okay, it is a X-Men series one, 1992 Gambit. What do you call it a holofoil?
2: Um, foil?: foil hologram. I, it's been a while since I've collected, so I'm a little out of the terminology these days.
1: Somehow, I don't believe that that's true. What other collections <laughs> did you have?:
2: The only other collection really of note at the time would have been my coin collection. I did collect paper clips as well. I don't remember of any of those being missing.
1: I wonder why the paper clips were not attractive to a three-year-old, as opposed to the cartoon cards and the coins. A lot of three-year-olds have a lot of documents. they need to wrangle. That's true in their stomach. Sure. Yeah. Uh, younger brother, your name is Michael or Mike, is that correct? Mike. I'll call you Little Mikey. What is your side of this story? While I
3: admit to the thief and the stealing of the car... I think the-
1: you mean the thievery. Sorry. Okay. That's all right, Little Mikey.
3: <laughs> um, you know, I admit to the paper clips. I probably stole some of those too, but... I am prepared to argue that at what age is a child truly responsible for his actions? Again, I was three when I did this. Evan and I are both Jewish and American. As a Jew, the age of responsibility is 13. And as an American, it's 18. Scientists will go on to claim that you start being self-aware around age two or three. I personally had delay development. I was slow to talk. I never really picked a dominant hand. So I think that... For Evan to claim that I owe him apology is wrong.
1: Okay. When you guys initially called in, I detected a really distinct sort of personality right in the very first things you said. Evan, you sound uh, like a nerd who collects things and puts them in order. And Mike, you sound like a tough guy. Like, I'm afraid you're going to hit me. Little Mikey, what do you do for a living? I'm a student. Okay, but like you play some sports or something? No. You sound like someone who, who like calls in a lot to sports shows or like you host no. a drive time comedy morning program. More the polar opposite. Little Mikey and the Golden scroat on drive time from, <laughs> no, all right. I just, I just feeling a little, yeah, a little argumentative there. I like it. Evan, you know, I like you. I like my nerds too. Evan, yes. you also an, introduced some a photograph of Little Mikey, is that correct? May I have your permission to put this on the internet for the record? Please do. Can you describe this photograph to me? As Michael
2: said, um, he did have some delayed development uh, when he was younger. However... If we look at the regular um, sort of age of uh, self-awareness as two or three and add a few years onto that, the photograph that I've entered was taken when he was um, around six and three quarters and shows that he was still going into other people's um, belongings. And uh, this particular photograph is an image of him wearing our mother's wedding dress.
1: Oh, my goodness. I thought this was a little bit of dress up. But little Mikey, this is your mother's own wedding dress. Is that not correct? It's correct. I'll admit to it. Yeah, it is me in the picture. How old were you in this picture? Would you guys say?
2: September 1997,
1: it was taken. Thank you, nerd. And how, So how old was little Mikey at the time?
2: I was in
3: second
1: grade. Considerably older than gambit-stealing time. So you have a memory of taking this dress and putting it on, correct? Correct. Did you have permission to wear your mother's wedding dress? I didn't need permission. Are you married currently? No. When you get married, are you going to wear your mother's wedding dress as is family tradition? Um, it's up in the air. What is your age now, may I ask? Twenty. And what is your age, Evan? I'm 26. And are there other siblings in this picture? Yes,
2: uh, there is one other sibling, David, who is
1: 24. Oh, the middle child. We don't really talk about him much. No, no, he has he has wisely disassociated himself from you guys and is off in another place trying to seek attention for himself. For once, you're. A, I know that little Mikey is. A student, which means it sounds like he just gets drunk all the time. Evan, what do you do for a living?
2: Uh, Currently, I'm working retail while finishing
1: up. Right. uh, In retail, you mean you're working at the comic book shop or at the miniatures shop?
2: uh, Cell phone
1: store. Oh, nice. Okay, very good. And I open the book every so often. Do you belong to a fraternity? Yeah. Okay, that's all I needed to know. We just, just started with that. That's not necessarily a jock, but it's basically you are wearing jock drag your entire life. Moving on. So you obviously actually are educated... Uh, little Mikey, because you pointed out that science tells us that uh, humans become self-aware and start retaining memories around the age of three. And I was very impressed when you said that because I had gone out of my way to confirm that Uh, with my friends Josh and Chuck over at the Stuff You Should Know podcast, who have podcasted about this very subject. And so when I heard that you were stealing uh, silver dollars and gambit cards at the age of three, I thought, well, maybe he doesn't even remember it. But you do remember it, don't you? I have memories
3: of what I remember taking things to preschool and losing it there. And I believe I remember being yelled at once or twice as a child. It
1: could have been for anything at that point. Yeah. Wearing your mother's wedding dress, taking a gambit card, pooing on the rug like a dog? Any of those things? I did all three. Yeah. Did you? Good. Yeah. And so basically your defense is that you were little more than a dog at that time. All you knew as you were showing up at school, suddenly you got a a nightcrawler card in your pocket and you're like, I don't know how I got this. Do you want it? Preschool was the one time in life I remember being popular. Right.
3: And I believe you cut it that gambit card.
1: Oh, I'm afraid you just said something to undermine your own case because I believed what you were saying was that you were basically unaware of what you were doing. And you are going through life, as many a a young child does, especially one who belongs to a fraternity, completely unaware of his impact on the rest of the world and moving from stimulus to stimulus and not caring uh, about the, the consequences of your own actions like any fraternity brother does. But now you're saying you knew that by giving these things away, you were becoming popular. You had uh, not only opportunity, but motive.
3: No, I've never said I gave them away. I have
1: a memory of losing them at my preschool. Losing them into other people's pockets, I dare say. I never said that. Well, how did you become so popular in preschool? I had the cool things. But then how did they disappear? Must have misplaced them. You and your, your preschool ring of thieves protecting each other. Stephen, to this day, I understand. Evan, I have I have some hard questions for you as well. Go ahead. You've nursed this grudge for a long time. Why didn't yes. you put these things on a shelf?
2: Uh, they they were on shelves. I believe he may have climbed on a chair to get them.
1: Why did you not invest in a strong box or a safe? Yeah,
2: you know, I I thought the plastic, the uh, hard plastic sleeve would be enough. It, it was my folly at nine years old.
1: Did you collect comic books? I did. Plastic bags or mylar bags?
2: Plastic bag with board.
1: Oh, acid free. Yes. You needed some mentorship early on. That's clear. Not only were you not protecting yourself from the forces of nature, which include three-year-olds, you were mixing up uh, mylar and plastic. Should have been mylar with acid-free board. You still have any of these comics? A few of
2: them are still around. Give me some titles. I really got into the Generation X series when that started. I see. Yeah, it was an X-Men spin-off.
1: Mm, no, no, I'm, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I know what you're talking about.
2: Okay. Oh, boy,
1: oh, boy. It does not say, Evan, you don't, what do you want from Michael exactly?
2: I don't feel that, you know, I have a monetary loss here. It would be more a sense of him feeling wrong enough about what he did that he feels the need to. Repay me.
1: By the way, you're the older brother. Yes. Did you ever commit any sort of crimes against Michael? Noogies? Did you ever tell him he was adopted or that he had a tail at birth? Did you ever humiliate him, for example, by circulating pictures of him on the internet wearing your mother's wedding dress?
2: Uh, Not up to this point. Uh, I I will say, however, as far as my relationship with Michael goes, when Michael was an infant, I used to wake up early in the morning, break him out of his crib where he was sitting there awake, unable to get out, sit with him in his rocking chair and read him stories.
1: Your Honor? Okay, Michael, I'll, I'll allow it. What? The picture in question, Evan
3: wanted to submit to my high school yearbook as his advertisement congratulating
1: me on graduation. So he has done similar things before. Well, perhaps that might have evened the scales. But little Mikey, do you deny that Evan took you out of his crib and took you out of your crib, I should say, and read stories to you when you were but an infant? Uh, he does. He did. He did. Right. I've seen pictures of that time. So given that Evan does not want money and seems prepared to forgive you, why not take responsibility and apologize now?
3: If I apologize now, then you're going to have to make a baby apologize for pooping himself. You're going to have to make a baby apologize for throwing up.
1: It's a slippery slope. When do we No, you're making a slippery slope argument with me? Correct. No, this is a this is a, a, a extremely unslippery slope. This is a slope with a lot of good hand and footholds on it. Michael, this is not prejudge my judgment, because I'm not sure how I'm going to rule yet. But I will say, you are being a jackass. Now, I say that with respect, because that is the role of a little brother, isn't it? I don't know. I'm an only child. Jesse, you're an only child, aren't you, right?
0: I'm a sort of half only child. My, my father has two uh, other children.
1: Oh, I see. But did you grow up with siblings in the house?
0: Half of the time.
1: Okay. And when they were not around, wasn't it awesome? Yeah, it was great. Yeah.
0: I love being an only child.
1: I had toys. They were kept in good condition by me. They were not stolen or lost or broken, except when Joe Dropkin sat on my alien figure from the movie Alien.
0: There's no doubt that my collections were kept at my mother's house.
1: I see. Very good. Right. Did any of you have any further things to say? Closing statements?
2: Uh, Yes, I do.
1: Why am I not surprised?
2: I, it's important to note that Michael is a bit of a jock here. You know, he actually was very athletic uh, through high school. He was, um, you know, one of the fastest kids on his track and cross-country teams. Meanwhile, um, you know, I, I did grow up as a bit of a nerd. I read comic books, collected X-Men cards. Um, and frankly, I, I think this is about more than just me and Michael. I think this is about whether or not it's right for a jock to just come in, see something shiny without, you know, paying attention to the sentimental value behind it necessarily. And do as he will with it.
1: I think you're trying to sway the court with my own obsession of jockdom versus nerddom. But I would say this, nerd. You broke your little brother out of the crib. You showed him from an early age that rules did not apply to him. Jockism gets a bad reputation. I'm responsible for a lot of it. But this is a spirited young kid here. A student. Michael, what do you have to say, little Mikey?
3: I... I'm almost offended that my brother would call me a jock. I believe I'm the farthest thing from it. While I can tell you I, that that's wrong. I am horrible at sports. Women find me repulsive. Uh-huh. I'm a social work major. Oh. And Jewish. Four reasons why I'm not a jock.
1: You're a self hating jock then. Uh, I'm prepared to make my uh, ruling. I'm going to go to chambers. I'll be back in a little bit. Please rise as Judge
0: John Hodgman retires to his chamber. Is this trial about X-Men cards stolen as a child, or is it about being repulsive to women and other markers of geekdom?
2: I I would say for me, what it's about is uh, just responsibility. I'll be honest, I I will be relieved, whatever the verdict here, just to have everything um, finally settled.
0: Mike, are you afraid to take
3: responsibility? No, because I don't think I should take responsibility. For anything? Not for this. I take responsibility for all of my actions, but not this action. All of them, but not all of them. All but this one. I see.
1: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be seated. This is a hard one for me for, uh, this is another sibling, uh, fight that I feel somewhat unqualified to judge, for indeed I am an only child. As I said, I have I had toys, they were kept in good condition by me, they were not stolen or lost or broken, except when Joe Dropkin sat on my alien figure from the movie Alien, which was really a shame, as that was a very weird toy that should never have been made, since it was for an R-rated movie, and the head of the alien looked like a penis. Similarly, I had a land speeder from Star Wars that was in perfect condition from 1977 until the year... 2005, which was when I presented it to my own human child, who was then about three or four years old at the time, uh, the age of little Mikey when he was his most offensive. And my human child broke it within seconds, uh, specifically the central uh, elevated jet pod. And now it is garbage. Did my human child apologize? Of course, he did not apologize, nor did I expect one. He is a child. However, do I expect him to apologize when he comes of age? yes in fact i have marked his 18th birthday on my calendar demand apology and i expect him to give it why because i do not intend to raise a sociopath i expect him to apologize just as i expect joe dropkin would apologize for sitting his big booty on my sweet 12-inch alien figurine with a disturbingly phallic head not a euphemism now the thing is it is true that a human child has much more in common with a dog or a chimpanzee than with the rational uh, behavior And uh, yet, I think that even if you were to accept Little Mikey's argument that he simply was acting on impulse and didn't know what he was doing, uh, and I don't think it's easy to accept that argument, since he clearly derived profit of popularity from his pre-K distribution of holofoil cards and silver dollars— even if you were to accept that argument, he is, both by Jewish law and uh, uh, Goyish law, 13 and 18, he is older than both of those, he is now a man. And I do not think that uh, pooping or uh, on, on rugs or in diapers or throwing up in public, um, which is something I presume as a member of fraternity... Little Mikey, you do quite a bit now. You do not recognize that those things are the same as stealing, and it costs you nothing to accept responsibility for that and to say, I am sorry, bro, as you would to any of your bros in the fraternity. Little Mikey, you are not Evan's son. You are not required to honor your father the way my son must honor me when I demand an apology from him or rescind his right to go to college. It is your job to annoy your older brother, and just as it is his job to humiliate you with photographs. And in this, sir, you have done a magnificent job, truly many, many years of torture and annoyance on this very point. I say, bravo, you've done your job, but it is time to stop doing your job and start being a man. Accept responsibility and apologize, or else I must only conclude that you are a sociopath. Your sentence is clear. Uh, Say, I own up to it, and I'm sorry, bro. I would encourage you to use the word bro, and I encourage you to do it while we are still recording. This is the sound of a gavel. (coughs) Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all.
2: Sorry, bro. It's okay, Mike.
3: Can we still be friends? Yes. Or brothers? Both.
1: I like to see this piece between jocks and nerds. Maybe, Evan, you can read little a story at some point. <laughs> and this is called V for Vendetta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Judge John Hodgman Podcast is produced for MaximumFun.org by me, Jesse Thorne, and Julia Smith. This week's show was edited by Matt Gourley. His great podcast is called Super Ego, look it up. You can find Judge John Hodgman online at areasofmyexpertise.com and you can discuss this show on the MaximumFun.org forums at forum.maximumfun.org. There you can also view all of the evidence for this week's case.
1: Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babel. Okay, it's 2020-24, 2020, 24, 2020 24. Oh, if hindsight were 2020... I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made. Step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really... Help you speak the language. Babel's quick 10 minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babel. One study found that using Babel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
3: Just one more week till Max Fun
2: Drive. (laughs) Hard to believe.
1: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating.
0: Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, email us at Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. That's Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. Be sure to include the specifics of the case and your telephone number so we can call you back if we'd like to use it. Hey, and if you need one more thing to do, why not review the Judge John Hodgman podcast in iTunes? Okay, that's enough stuff. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.